Welcome, everybody, to the Believe in the Southside podcast. I am one of the co-hosts of the show. My name is Steve. I go by Steve-O on Twitter or at Drunk Shy Sox Fan. And I'm joined with one, the one and only, Carrie, at that baseball fan. Carrie, how you doing? Steven, what's going on? Um, not much is going on. Nice little win here. Uh, just getting over and... Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get this thing started, man. Our first episode, you know, on the Believe Network. Um, so let's get this thing rolling here. Um, Absolutely. I'm really, really excited to get this going with you, Steve. I know we've been talking about doing something for maybe a year or two now together, right? Um, you know, you've had me on your your other show here on the Sons of Hanukkah, uh, what, like three or four times? And, you know, we talked, hey, let's, let's get something going, us two, and, you know, we're here now, so absolutely, I'm absolutely. Well, yeah, and you kind of gave me a little bit of an introduction. I've been doing this podcast thing for for a minute uh, with the Sons of Honarchy podcast. Uh, I, you know, I've been on Sox Twitter for a few years as well as you have. Uh, the 108 Tourney is definitely one place where we've gotten uh, people to get to know a little bit about us. But you know, I wanted to give you a true formal introduction, and and. Here we go. You you are not just Carrie. You know you, you are you are joining me as my co-host. You're originally hailing from the Buffalo Grove, Illinois. <laughs> you you are the only person I personally know who doesn't make Nick Madrigal look vertically challenged. You are the Jonah Hill lookalike, which which really means that you believe that the White Sox should play into the Moneyball mantra. Um, you're the biggest Jerry Reinsdorf stan. And Rick, and Rick Hahn hater that I know. And whatever people tell you, you you are not at that baseball fan. You are at that base by fan (laughs) with the two eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, Carrie. Steven, thank you for that. And I hate you because I hate Jerry Reinsdorf. But you are so right. I hate Rick Hahn. Everything about him. Uh, Just the way he even like breathes, I hate. And and I know that's really mean, but like I don't I don't care. Um, and yeah, my uh, Twitter name really is that base by fan. Um, I used to be that baseball fan, but uh, that ship has sailed. Um, so now I am that base by fan with two uppercase eyes that look like L's. So you know, sorry, sorry, Twitter and Elon or whoever runs it. Now I, I tricked you. So I'm back. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Way to way to trick them, Carrie. I'm proud yeah. of you. So, you know what? Let's talk a little bit about the show, first and foremost, and what we're going to be doing. You know, we had, we had our teaser episode, so people can go back and listen to that and really hear what we're all about. But, you know, we're going to be doing this twice a week. We're going to be joining people over YouTube Live, uh, mm-hmm. as well as dropping uh, these episodes in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast platform people listen uh, to their podcasts on. Um, and we're going to be dropping those immediately after we get done live so uh it's really exciting stuff we're on social media on twitter and instagram at believe b-l-e-a-v Southside. um so we're getting this thing off the ground and we're really excited for this thing 100 percent, and you know like you said we're doing this twice a week right um i love it we're gonna be you know going over what's ahead and we're gonna be recapping you know what just happened to in, in the week uh for you know the white Sox. so you know today you know being the first episode we'll obviously you know we'll go over our, our agenda and uh but you know we'll be talking about you know the a series and you know what's ahead with the royals so 
Steve, um, you know, I'm excited. I know that uh, you're very excited. We've been talking about this for a while. So why don't we get the show on the road here and, you know, start talking some White Sox baseball. That's why we're here, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what? I've been a little bit preoccupied this weekend, but I definitely have my takes from the uh, the at- athletics series here where the White Sox just took two out of three. Uh, but let's hear hear your initial takes first and foremost, Gary, about how the Sox performed uh, this past Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So um, I, I was actually at the game yesterday. So um, I really watched yesterday, today, Friday. Uh, I was a little preoccupied, actually. I watched a little. I watched uh, and saw Thor, which ten out of ten. If you have not seen Thor yet, go see it. Great movie. Uh, but I was, you know, that I was that guy that uh, checks his phone during a movie, and I was just looking at it and just, you know, thoroughly disappointed the whole time seeing that the Sox had uh, let up what four runs, I think, in the first two innings, um, which is, you know, Lance Lynn. I, I believe he pitched on Friday and. I just, I don't know what the hell is going on with this guy. And, you know, and, and I know our, our friend, our good friend, Alex Rude, who's he's probably his biggest hater, um, you know, will probably tell us, he, you know, I told you so with all this, but I just, last year showed me so much promise with this guy, with Lance Lynn. And like the, I mean, it's not even just last year, the past few years. So to see him really struggle, you know, and I think he's had like maybe one or two good outings since he's come back. It's been a, it's been quite a bummer to see, um, and it's kind of, you know, worrisome because, you know, you need more pitching now, especially with Lance Lynn, Kopech innings. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, Friday was disappointing. Uh, Saturday, great game, you know, for the first uh, what seven innings, it was it was bad actually for the White Sox, couldn't hit anything, and then Gavin Sheets can't stand him. He. Uh, he, uh, you know, hits a home run, and then today they played very well. So, you know, um, they definitely needed to win the series. No, absolutely. I mean, winning the series is an enormous step in the right direction for this team, especially after they split with the Rockies, another game that they should have won. And, and oftentimes it's this team beating itself, which is the most frustrating part about this team. Um, I, I can comment here, you know, we got this comment here from Lucky Spag, who is a big supporter of the Sons of Honarchy podcast. It's good to have him here in the comment section on YouTube. Um, we're going to be live every episode. We're going to be flashing these comments all the time. Yeah, um, they still can't hit for shit. And it, it, it's pretty much true. Um, the offense was lackluster on Friday. It was basically non-existent on Saturday. And today it was it was OK at, at best. Um, at least you you outslugged your opponent with two homers. You know, ball go far, team go far. Um, and, and yes, even Beer Garden Jim says he beats himself about three days a week, just like the White Sox. So it's good to good to know. Uh, thank you for that insight, Jim. Um, Still I want to talk exactly, exactly. You know, I'll get into the offense. But I want to talk to you. You brought up Lance Lynn and, and, and the need for pitching. And, and we're going to talk about trade deadline acquisitions, too, toward the end of this episode. But I want you I, I want to hear what you think about Lance Lynn. Can he be trusted at all? Is he going to be back? Is he going to be able to figure it out? What are you seeing? I, I'm seeing a guy that's coming off knee surgery, right? That's what, 35 years old, right? Um, and really in his career hasn't really gotten hurt too much. I mean, he's, you know, I think 2018 he was hurt, but really besides that, the guy's 
pitched, you know, a ton, uh, 30, at least 28, 30 games a year. Um, I don't think he's really used to this whole, you know, getting hurt, going through rehab, you know, almost like acting like right now is his spring training ish kind of, which I, I hate to say, but I mean, I'm just seeing a guy right now that really is struggling and, you know, it's, it's worrisome, especially if, you know, some of the fans here are going to be treating this guy like he was last year when he, you know, at a two six ERA, his whip was uh, was outstanding, and you know, still threw a lot of K's and minimal walks. But you're not seeing that this year out of Lance. You're you're seeing the vel- velocities down, the walks are you know a little up. You know, it, it's not a good recipe. Yeah, for sure. And, and actually, his walk percentage really isn't that bad. I think he's walking under two per nine, which is fine. You know, but it's the velocity. You absolutely bring up the biggest issue with him. Um, I did a little bit of uh, stat cast searching up before this um, to kind of figure out Lance Lynn. And he's got the spin on his fastball still and, and spin on his pitches, which is great. But his VLO is in the 22nd percentile. And when 85% or, you know, even inching toward 90%, which is where it was last year for Lance Lynn, when 90% of your pitches are fastball type pitches, four seam cutter, um, you know, sinker, then uh, you cannot be in the 22nd percentile for your fastball. I, I it, it's just not going to work in today's baseball. Um, so I'm, I'm worried. I think he's washed to be honest with you, Carrie. I think he's, he's hitting that point in his career where he's done. He's been pitching for a long time. The mileage is starting to add up and I, I hate to be this guy, but our guy beer garden, Jim brings it up. Lance Lynn is out of shape, very, very out of shape. Physically. Listen, you don't have to not say fat because I'm on here, Steve. Okay, he's, All right, he's, he's fat. a fatty. He's a fatty. He's he, fat. is. he is. He is. It's true. I mean, he's uh, he's just, you know, and that goes along with the knee injury too, right? I mean, you're fat, you're out of shape, you're getting older, and you had a knee injury. Like this is this him hitting rock bottom, right? You know, is this him? Is this the decline? And then, you know, the genius Rick Hahn, of course, gave him a, what, a three-year deal, of course? It, to extended him two more. Yeah. Two more, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, I'm looking at his uh, game log here. He's had, what is this, two starts where he has let up three earned runs or, or, or uh, that's it. No, four starts, right? But those other two, he went five innings, three earned runs, and four innings, three earned runs. That That's that's still not good, right? Yeah. I mean, Uh-oh. the only start that was impressive to me was a San Francisco start. And then when you put Cleveland that too. into it. Yeah, in the Cleveland one. You're yeah. right. And that's um, it. But, I mean, you've got two really bad offenses, in my opinion. I mean, Cleveland's been actually okay this year, mm-hmm. offensively, surprisingly. But San Francisco's just god-awful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm the, I don't think the case is out for me with Lance Lynn. Like, I don't want to see him, as bad as it sounds, I don't want to see him, if the White Sox make the postseason, pitch in the postseason. I'd, I would agree with you. I think, you know, I mean, real quick, what, what, what would your starting rotation be? I mean, you obviously have Dylan C starts game one, right? Unless it's in Toronto. Because then yeah. you can't do that if, you know, if, it's, at, if it's in Toronto. Uh, but you definitely start with Cease. And then it's really like, okay, who, who from there, you know? That's the problem. Absolutely. And we'll talk about uh, that with the whole trade deadline talk, you know, but still, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I no. don't pitch Lance Lynn. 
100%. I don't either. Um, yeah, I think with the see, the season that Cease is having, it's going to be Cease, then Kopech, then Giolito, or or even Cueto, and then Giolito. Um, I would go maybe or or you stagger Cueto as the two because like Cease and Kopech. I mean, and Cease isn't even as fastball heavy. Um, actually, his slider is, was his number one pitch today mm-hmm. um, by a significant amount, and he was still getting tons of whiffs. Um, so shit, I mean, that would be my rotation right there. I would go Cease, Kopech, Cueto, Giolito. Oh God, that is just God awful. But I mean, mean, here's the thing. It has the potential still, right? I mean, when we're talking about Lucas Giolito at his best, we're talking about Michael Kopech at his best. Cease has obviously shown us his best in his last 12 starts. And I'll talk about that in a second too. And Cueto. I mean, shoot. I mean, all of these points that I'm bringing up here are actually playing into what I want to talk about with this weekend. Um, let's start with Johnny Cueto. I mean, say what you will about Rick Hahn and his offseason, but Johnny Cueto has been a godsend to this rotation. 100,000%. And it's funny you bring that up because I was out there tailgating Saturday with a few people before the game, and someone says, Kerry, what do you think Cueto's going to do? And I said, you know, he's going to do Johnny Cueto things, and he's probably going to let up some early runs, you know, maybe – a first inning, second or third inning run, right? Um, and he'll probably still pitch about seven innings and let up two runs. And I go, and the Sox will still be losing. And that's exactly what was happening. So I was like looking at my friends just like, why am I right on this? Like this stinks, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then obviously Gavin Cheeks hit that home run, but Cueto still pitched great. I mean, he 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 is what he is right he's he's a veteran he's savvy he throws people off he quick pitches he changes his you know delivery you know he doesn't have the velo but you know he's all about location so um i know it seems like it, it is a little unsustainable you know in my opinion too i mean when you look at the numbers but i know if you can just keep this going on for just a little bit longer then socks will be in good shape but i just you know I don't want to see the wheels fall off because if they do, they're going to fall off very hard with Cueto. He's that he's that type of pitcher. No, a thousand percent. And that's what you're going to get with a Johnny Cueto. You weren't getting somebody that's going to pitch, you know, 200 lights out innings. You know, that's yeah. why you, you picked him up when you did and where you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I dude's been an absolute workhorse. I mean, he is battled even when his team is giving him zero run support, as you kind of mentioned. Um, when we talk about his last six starts, five of them have been quality starts. And by quality start, I mean six innings pitched, three or less earned runs given up. Um, the other start, he gave up four in seven innings against Cleveland. So he's been really solid uh, ever since, I'd say, the end of May. Or, or no, maybe it was like middle of May. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or no, end of May, beginning of June. Really good. Yeah. No, I'm a I'm a Cueto guy. I, you know, I like beefy players. That's why Lance Lynn, you know, sucking sucks. You know, for my brand of people, right? I mean, like Cueto's <laughs> been good. You know, you know, there's other fatties in the league that are good too. I mean, always been a big Pablo Sandoval fan, but you, you get what I'm saying. So that's why it'd be nice to see Lance Lynn pick it up, kind of like you know Cueto does. I feel like they're almost similar in a way, right? Where they kind of have to get savvy a little bit. I mean, Lynn might have to a little bit more, right? Maybe he can learn a. Th- Thing or two from Cueto with that velo dropping and you know being a beefy boy so right well uh, whoever's taking tips from whoever wherever Dylan Cease is getting his information from 
let, let's talk about that really quick too. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to mention this. Um, he, since May 29th, and his that was a start against the Cubs. Cease has given up one or less runs in every single one of his starts. So that's 12 straight starts. Um, two of those starts, he only went four and two thirds, but every single one beyond that, he's gone at least five. Um, it, it, he's got to be in Cy Young conversation, correct? Well, it's funny you said that. Uh, uh, is it Codify Baseball? They just tweeted out something that said, uh, that is very true, Jim. I did just text you that. But Codify Baseball was basically they put a tweet out that said, you know, only three pitchers ever have had that stat line, right? Where they've let up one run or less in like 12 straight starts or something like that. And it's Dylan Cease, Jacob DeGrom last year, won the Cy Young, and Jake Arrieta in 2016 won the Cy Young. So, right. And it's funny you mentioned Arietta because Len Casper, former Cubs announcer and now White Sox TV guy, um, likened this stretch that he's having to a shorter version of Arietta in 16. Yeah. Um, you know, while it hasn't been as long, he's actually been more dominant though. When you yep. look at the numbers, so fantastic to, to see out of him and it's not fastball reliant. And, and what cease has learned to do is not try and blow 99 by a guy mm-hmm. every single time, especially third time through an order, but really mix in that slider and knuckle curve. So and- that slider, most valuable pitch, a uh, most valuable pitch in baseball this year. Yes. And one thing he also has learned is to not waste pitches. Um, I, I, you know, Dylan Cease last year, not as much last year, as much as like two years ago, right? His first two pitches, right? He's throwing balls. He's throwing junk just to like get something over to make you swing. Now he's just saying, here's what I have. I dare you to hit it because you're most likely not going to hit it, you know? So, and, and with that slider, you know, being so accurate now, he is a top five pitcher in baseball right now as of 2022. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cy Cease. I like Cy Cease, who's not even an all-star. Crazy. Just well, absolutely guess, crazy. Guess who Guess who wasn't an all-star last year? Who? AL Cy Young Award winner. Who Who won AL Cy Young again last year? Kind of quizzing you here, seeing if you can remember. Oh, my God. Who Ro- did one? Robbie Ray. Oh, yeah, Robbie Ray. See, you know what? It's funny you said that because I remember I was thinking, I'm like, did Robbie Ray even win last year? But I think he had just a crazy second half last year and that's what what happened you know that's what helped him get uh <laughs> that's what helped him get uh i can't concentrate with jim making comments like that i know uh, right? that's what i can get the cyan yeah i mean i don't exactly have any, any, any Car- carrie you are really the nicest guy in white sox yeah, twitter like you and will you and willie pay willie p Willie you know, P. Oh, I I think I'm nicer than you, Willie. You, you, He's kind of an asshole, Willie. Absolutely, so. Willie's Willie's the worst. Absolutely, like he let me stay at his house in San Diego for like five. I days would never up. let you do that. I I know so you wouldn't. I know there's you wouldn't. no shot. <laughs> oh my Same gosh. with Jim, because he can't cook. So. Indeed, uh, everything uh, terrible cook. All right. Speaking of, let's get back into baseball conversation. The White Sox got a three game set at home against Kansas City coming up, Kerry. First and foremost, I want to ask you, who scares you the most in that Kansas City lineup? <laughs> Can I answer nobody? Nobody. They stink. Okay. Uh, They're not. No, I, I would say <sighs> Salvador. I think Salvador Perez kind of stinks in my opinion. Yeah, he hasn't had a great year. You know, and I think last year was really a fluke year for him. Um, you know, hitting what, like 40 home runs, just very unnecessary for him to do. Um, but, uh, I, 
I don't really think anybody's scared. I think the one guy that scares me is no longer on that team, and that was Andrew uh, Benintendi. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he was definitely their most fruitful player um, throughout the year so far yeah. um, when it comes to their everyday lineup. Um, Bobby Witt Jr. has had a pretty decent year so far, um, though he's battling a hamstring injury right now. Um, I don't know if he was in the lineup today. I know they sat him Friday and he played yesterday, I think, at DH. Um, so depending on how much we see of Bobby Witt Jr., um, I, he's somebody that could hurt the Sox. Um, and then Michael A. Taylor is I, – I feel like he's been a White Sox killer um, the last couple years. And although he's cooled down a little bit since his hot streak uh, this year – um, he's really good on defense too. So I would say look out for those two guys. Um, Salvador Perez is, is a funny one because he's having a below average offensive year this year, um, not just by his standards, but by league standards. Um, so he's definitely getting a little, a little up there in the years, I think. He's starting to slow down. Yeah. Uh, so rotation-wise, Sox got Kopech, Giolito, and Lynn. And the Royals have Keller, Singer, and Chris Bubich. Mm -hmm. I was just looking at that, too. And I was going to tell you, I don't think it's as much as the hitting that scares me with Kansas City because I don't think they can. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they can't hit. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's why they are where they are. Um, it's their pitching against the White Sox specifically, which most pitchers dominate the White Sox because they can't hit. Thanks, Rakan. And uh, I looked at Brad Keller, and he has dominated the White Sox this year. I think he's thrown both games were seven innings of three and runs or one and run ball. So he's shut them down. Uh, Singer came in. I think his first start of the year, he dominated the White Sox. Absolutely just rolled over them. Bubich, though, being a lefty, and, and I know bum. he is a bum, and I know that He's been hit around by the White Sox a few times. I, I want to say in 2020 or 2021, he did a little bit better, but I, I see uh, um, I see them winning this series, but you know, with, with this rotation, but they have to win one of these first two against these righties that uh, have pretty much shut down the White Sox. A thousand percent. Who do you think the Sox are going to struggle more against, Brad Keller or Brady Singer? I think Brady Singer. I think because he throws harder, he's got you know that fastball that seems like a lot of players can't hit on the White Sox this year is the fastball. Um, Keller obviously doesn't have as much velocity. He throws a little bit more junk, and he also looks like um, the kid in the movie The Cat in the Hat. Um, <laughs> but uh, he That's good. He does. He looks just like him. He literally looks just like him. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think Singer comes in. And, you know, if he can keep his control – I think um, Singer will shut down the White Sox. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got it marked down as game one Sox winner. I, I have faith against I have I have faith against Keller that the White Sox are finally going to show up against him. Especially, you know, Brad Keller is the guy who plunked Ta. You know, he's the guy that Ta did the bat flip off of, mm -hmm. and the guy that plunked Ta in in that. And I think with the White Sox really fighting for a division title way harder than they need to be right now or way harder than they should have to um, at this point in the season. Um, I think there might be a little bit of a – you can't measure this, but, you know, chip on the shoulder there. Um, 
Oh, that's right. And TA is probably going to miss the series. So hopefully more, more on the White Sox uh, to kind of step up and, and, and fill in there. And I, I you know what? I, I need to ask you about that situation. I was I'll just going to say that. something. I'll do about that it. in a second. I'll do that in a second. Um, I also think with you, I think it's going to be tougher for the Sox to hit uh, singers, sinker, Brady sinker. Um, definitely his, his top pitch, the one that he relies on the most. Um, and then, yeah, I think the Sox are going to shell Bubich, but I also think that Casey is going to hit Lynn hard. And I would definitely bet the over on that third game right there. Oh yeah. Is that the Lynn, Lynn Bubich game? Yeah. Lynn Bubich. Lynn Bubich. Okay. Well, Lynn has Bubich's, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I could see that. That's a, that, that'd be, you know, a definitely a good game you would go over on, but I do essentially think the White Sox do win the series. They take two out of three. Um, they continue a, a nice July that they had. They were 16 and 11, um, you know, with another easy stretch coming up. And the Sox have had the Royals number. Um, so I see them actually winning. And I see Giolito pitching well. I see him getting back, you know, to where he needs to be and um, getting back right against the Royals. I mean, depending, is it a day game or is it a night game? For uh, uh should be a Tuesday Tuesday night for Giolito. It's a night okay, game. good. If it's a day game, just count that count that game out. Bet the over on the other team every time Giolito's pitching. So absolutely. So are you, are you are you are you are well yes, but before the quick prediction then are you saying the Sox got a chance to sweep then this series? If they can, if they win the first two games, they're sweeping one thousand. 100% they are going to sweep if they can take from these two righties. But I just, I watching the 2022 White Sox, they're probably just like, you know, after a good, you know, last two wins, this, these two games, they're going to come out the gate slow as shit and look horrible the first game and then get their stuff together the last two. Yeah. Hey, it's very possible. I, I think low scoring game, game one, they win. Low scoring game, game two, they lose. Yeah, but game three just light up the scoreboard. It's gonna be nuts. Um, yeah, so let's talk TA. Clear Garden Jim in the comments says no way that suspension doesn't so, get upheld. So, so Jim, I have to disagree somewhat. I think he's gonna get suspended. I think it's gonna get reduced to one game. That's my opinion. I think he's gonna appeal it. They're gonna show the replay, and if you look at the replay, the ump. Kind of bumped into Tim Anderson as well. So, you know, when he was so surprised, he was like, oh, my God, this guy touched me. You know, it, he looked like Josh Donaldson if Tim Anderson touched him. You know, like, Ugh, you know, um, I think it's going to get reduced to one game. That's just my opinion. I didn't really – it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. The umpire was so theatrical because, like it always has been in the MLB, it is the ump show. So, hey – I, the ump show is real in Major League Baseball. Um, I will say this. Tim, Tim's got to hold it back a little bit on that one. And Does I, he? I, I appreciate the excitement and the passion that Tim Anderson plays with in the game. Was he baited a little bit by that ump? Yes. yes. Does he need to show a little bit of restraint in regard to the physical contact and, and the proximity? Yes. I I, I disagree there, and and I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you why, and I agree. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have, like, 
but gotten so close. Maybe do it at a little bit of a distance, but I don't think he should have held back. This team needs any spark they can get because they're not getting it from the crypt keeper, you know, at, at coach. Tony LaRusse is not doing anything. He's he's yawning and half asleep the whole time, right? Um, somebody needs to show some excitement, something, some restraint, right? It, it's not going to be Mancata, Eloy's just the Dwight Howard of the MLB is just too happy, right? You have, you know, Abreu's quiet. He doesn't say anything. Pollock, Vaughn, they don't – you need someone like a Tim Anderson, you know, or like Grandal's the only other guy I can think of that would like would give crap back mm-hmm. to an umpire and like kind of excite the team. So, you know, I disagree on, you know – Well, hey, I hope, it's, I hope, it, I hope but, it sparked the team a little bit. I, yeah, I hope know, that's I what mean, it did. It, it sucks though that you know we're gonna you be losing to Tim and oh, yeah. I really yeah. I really think that he's gonna be gone for three games and I, they cannot afford to lose Tim for three games and I guess yeah. this is this is probably the series they're gonna play without him and yeah I still have faith that this team's gonna pull out two or three against Kansas City and that Let's team hope. is just too bad but Let's um, hope. Yes. let us hope so you know yeah just strong pitching. Hitting, you know, three or more runs. If they score three or more runs <laughs> in any of those games, they're going, they're going to win. So I, I you know, I, I, I would hope so, but it's some, you can't rely on three runs to win a ball game. They've done that way too much this year, yep. already, and it, it's bit them in the ass. Um, and yes, please, for the love of God, no Larry Garcia at shortstop. I would, <laughs> I would much rather see myself at shortstop. Than Larry Garcia. That's saying something. I agree. I cannot stand Larry Garcia. I don't even want to talk about him because I will get upset. For sure. <laughs> well, speaking of which, the White Sox could make some acquisitions in the next 48 hours or so. Uh, a little bit less than 48 hours now at this point. Uh, it is 5.30 on Sunday afternoon, the 31st. The trade deadline ends on the 2nd. So, Carrie. Put yourself in the shoes of your favorite person of all time, Rick Hahn. Or maybe Kenny Williams, if you have that much disdain in your heart. I like Kenny. I don't mind Kenny. Kenny brought me a World Series. I I can't hate the guy. Rick Hahn has brought me absolutely nothing but like just shame and just anger and just, yeah, more than that. I hate that guy. So who are you targeting (laughs) if you are the GM? Of this White Sox ball club and seeing the needs that are mm-hmm. spread across the team. Yeah. So um, I hate I hate that I'm about to compare them to this team solely because of what their outcome was. But if you look at what that team did and where they were in the standings compared to where the White Sox are now, it's eerily similar. Do what the Atlanta Braves did. Okay. And, and I'm not saying... White Sox should copy what they did and they'll win a World Series. Uh, no. I'm saying do what they did as in don't get the big fish, okay? Don't yep. s- don't spill the farm that you don't already have, you know, Rick, especially on relievers, Rick, which you're probably going to do anyway. Don't do it. Do the small deals. Get the Solaires. Get the Eddie Rosarios, right? Like these players that Jack Peterson Right, that's a guy I'm. You know, I want to talk about. You you need to get some of these type of players, right? Just a plethora of players that 
can hit and, you know, you put them in different situations so you can replace the Leary Garcias, the Gavin Cheeks in the lineup, you know, these type of guys. So one guy, you know, I'm looking for that could cost cheap is someone I just mentioned is Jock Peterson. Um, Giants, Giants have to be selling. Jock Peterson's got a OPS plus of 125. He's got 17 home runs, which would lead the team by like five or six home runs. His, 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 you know, he can't feel the ball, which at this point, does it really matter? Nobody else can, right? Like he's definitely still an, an improvement from Gavin Sheets. So why not get a guy like Jock Peterson? That, that, that would be my first target. For sure. I absolutely agree with you. I have been saying this constantly. I've been saying this for two years about Jock Peterson. Rick Hahn in the front office has had multiple opportunities now to go after and get Jock Peterson, and they have refused to. And I know a lot of it that one year came down to, oh, we want to platoon you. So, you know, and he didn't want that. Fine. But pay him then. I, 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 it's not going to turn down the opportunity to platoon if you're going to pay him the right money. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. Uh, 100%, 100%. So I, this is with San Francisco selling at the deadline. They absolutely have to be selling at the deadline uh, at this point with whatever pieces they, they think they can sell off. Carlos Rodon included, possibly. Um, I would love, I mean, you, you want to get real crazy? Throw in a Jock Peterson, Carlos Rodon trade. Uh, I know that would cost you an arm and a leg. I don't think the White Sox can afford it. But Jock Peterson should not cost you that much. No, and I think agreed. that's absolutely a piece that the White Sox should be willing to add. Um, I know some people would prefer Joey Gallo over. going to talk about him. Now, my issue is that this team doesn't need to strike out any more than it already does. It already strikes out enough, and I know Joey Gallo is a power bat, but Jock Peterson is a more consistent offensive presence this year, and the White Sox need that despite their lackluster defense in the outfield. Right now, a left, a consistent left-handed bat that can give you power is better than a bat that might explode eventually but gives you solid defense. So here's what I'll say about Joey Gallo that would be different than Jock, right? Jock's got more homers um, in that in that aspect, and, and you know he's he's slugging a little bit better, right? But when you look at Joey Gallo's stats, home and away, when he's away, he is a uh, 105 OPS plus player, right? I mean he's decent. He's a when he's not playing at Yankee Stadium, he is a good, he's a decent ball player. OBP, you know. And an average, who gives a crap about the average? But the OBP's, you know, much better. The slugging's much better. The OPS is better. And what you get from Joey Gallo that you do not get out of Jack Peterson is a gold glove outfielder. Joey Gallo is a fantastic outfielder who can also play first base very well. And the man can play third base. So, you know, Jack, I think, would be the better addition. I'm not saying don't get Jack, but you also... You also can get a guy like Joey Gallo, who's, you know, a little bit more versatile and a better fielder. Yeah. Yeah. And and very, very small, Jim, by the way, to answer your question in the comments here. What are your thoughts here? Speaking of being small, what do you think the chances are of the White Sox trading with the North side team again? I I wouldn't even doubt it would happen again. Um, one guy in particular, 
right? I mean, there's I mean, there's a few, maybe a few relievers from there. I mean, I don't even know who. Uh, maybe Dave Robertson. That would, that would be a very, very, very funny reunion be funny. to have D Rob back. Uh, but you know, Marcus Stroman. Uh, that's the type of guy. You know, starting pitcher that wouldn't cost much. Two year deal. Um, when I say cost much, as I mean cost much as in prospect capital. He, mm-hmm. Marcus Stroman would not cost much. Um, I think he'd fit in with this team, and you know, I think he's a good pitcher that can take off some innings from Michael Kopech take off some innings from Lance Lynn, right? And then in the playoffs, he's the type of guy where, you know, you could throw him in the bullpen, if you know, throw him in high leverage situations, but it does not hurt to have a guy like a Marcus Stroman just laying around there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Marcus Stroman would be fine. If you're going to go for that tier of starter, I'd almost rather see them. And this is crazy. This is crazy a little bit. But Noah Syndergaard, I'd rather see them go after Syndergaard than go get Stroman. I just think that Syndergaard's stuff is just better in general. Um, maybe Stroman would be a good fit. Um, what about Ian Happ from the Cubs, though? I mean, that's kind of what I was baiting you or trying to bait oh, you in there a little bit. See, I thought you were – okay, okay, yeah. I mean, the reason why I didn't even try that is because I just don't think that's a trade possible um, because – I just don't think what the Cubs are going to want for Ian Happ is what the White Sox should give up. I don't think he's, I don't think he's worth a Colson Montgomery or even an Oscar Colas. I, I really do not think he should cost that, and I think that's what he might cost because I think this is not his last. I think he's got one more year on his deal. I, I want this say, year and one more this year and exactly. one more year of ARP. Exactly. Yeah. So you got one more year of ARP. So he's going to cost one of those two guys, and you know, kind of the theme I've gone with, you know, in the beginning of this conversation was don't, you know, sell your farm that you really don't have for, you know, a guy like Ian Happ, you know, like, what what if the Cubs come to you and and they say, all right, Yoel, like say, say a trade with Yoelke and Matthew Thompson and Jared Kelly. No, I, I don't, I still, I don't think I'd do that. I think that's, I wow, think you think that's too much? I, I think the if you add the first two in there, I I don't I don't think Jer, like I I just know the White Sox wouldn't trade a Jared Kelly. Rick Hahn is in love with his prospects, right? That was a second round draft pick or first round draft pick. Second round, yep. Yeah, I I, I see that Matthew Thompson and maybe like you know like someone like that, and maybe like a you know like uh, a Yolbert, right? Someone like that, but I, I don't see them getting rid of Jared Kelly in their pitching. I don't. Yeah. But I, I might do that. I don't know. Ian Happ's a good ball player, but I mean, and he, can he play fits a need. Too. He, he fits he does a need fit a for need. the White Sox. A big yeah. need. An out, a guy who can play outfield, a guy who can play second base, and a left-handed bat that hits righties well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the Josh Bell rumors have uh, quieted down in regard to where he's going. Should that be a target? I, it should be. Will it be? Not a chance. I think uh, I don't think Rickon's looking for that type of player. I honestly think he's he I, he's the worst GM in sports. I'm sorry, but he he, <laughs> he is he's the worst. I, you know, and, and I hate to say this, but Rick is not going to do what everybody else thinks he should do because he's the smartest guy in the room. He he's just not. He doesn't think they need an outfielder. He doesn't because he's got Jimenez and Pollock and Sheets. He he's fine. No, he, he has he has Sheets and Vaughn. He's bullish about yeah. Sheets and Vaughn. That's what I'm saying. He's he's bullish about these guys. So it's like, 
what he's realistically going to do is just get a couple relievers and he's going to get a second baseman when you don't even need one because Josh Harrison is just fine. Josh Harrison is just fine at second base. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with him and, and Larry Garcia platooning. I, I don't care. I mean, I'm I'm okay with Josh Harrison being one of those platoon bats and, and gloves because he's been good defensively, but Larry is just he's yeah, so he's bad. He's so yeah. bad. I, I remember we signed remember when Rick Khan signed him to a three year deal. Never forget. <sighs> Stop I you're getting me upset again. I know, I know. And I then, should not try and get you too riled up. To to go along though with your you know, with with Syndergaard and, and Strowman, if you look at their numbers, they're like the same numbers. They're the same pitcher this year. The same pitcher this year. In regard Strike, to their like baseline stats. Their right? stats are literally the same. Literally, yeah. one has two more starts, and Syndergaard's got less strikeouts than Stroman does when he does start, but they're the same pitcher. So yeah, yeah. I'd probably take either one of those guys, to be honest. And, you know, it, it, it'd be fun. So, I mean, yeah, it would be. I mean, once again, it's the lack of trust that I have in Lance Lynn that really forces me to think okay they need to target a starter as well as a left-handed reliever cough cough andrew chafin um just gonna talk about him yeah yeah that would be a great addition for this bullpen i mean it would remind me of the tapera deal but left-hander this time around yep and that's who i want just go get chafin yeah okay rick even though i know what you're gonna do you're probably going to trade Colas and like Cespedes and, you know, our, our second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth prospect for Josh Hader. You're going to do it. I, I already know you're going to do it. You're probably going to do it, and, and it's going to backfire just like Craig Kimball did. Because Hader's been pretty bad this last month. I mean, his mm-hmm. ERA is in he's like the off. tens. Yeah, he's fallen off. But that's when Rick Hahn goes, oh, it's like James Shields. He's, he's cheapest <laughs> than he's ever been. He's the cheapest he's ever been. I got to go get him now, right? When he's at his worst, who cares about the underlying numbers and really bad trends? Get him now because we can maybe catch lightning in a bottle the White Sox way. So, Rick, if you're listening, which you're not, go get <laughs> Chafin, okay? Do not get Josh Hader. I'm begging you, please, because Chafin's numbers are, like, just as good. There it is. There's the monologue from Kerry to Rick Hahn. <laughs> Well, Carrie, as we wrap this thing up, because we said we'd go about 45 minutes today since it's our first pod and we needed to do a, a little bit a little of housekeeping bit as yeah. well. Um, well, I wanted to wrap up on, obviously, there's a giveaway today. Um, and I threw a bunch of names into kind of a, a wheel of names, wheel of fortune spinner. Uh, people should be able to see it now. Beautiful. Look at that spinner on our screen, Carrie. So I'm going to click the spinner. And we're going to see who wins this uh, Liam Hendricks bobblehead that we're giving away. All right. At Todd Hertz. So I will be reaching out. Congratulations to Todd Hertz, who uh, won the bobblehead today. Um, And I will make sure that that is sent out in the mail for one Todd Hertz. Carrie, final thoughts as we wrap this podcast up. Our first episode of Believe in the Southside. Um. Final thoughts, you know, um, Steve, this has been a great show. Um, it's been fun. You know, it's first of many. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to get this thing running here. Um, Jim, shut up 45 minutes. Then don't watch. Uh, no, I'm just joking. You should watch Jim. Um, but, 
you know, I'm really excited to get this thing going here. It's going to be, you know, fun to do this with you this second half of the season where, you know, soccer can make a run or they can just completely fail. And we're going to be able to talk about trade deadline at the end of this week. So Steven, I always call you Steven, but I am, I am so pumped to do this with you. Um, and you know, it's going to be a fun ride. This, especially the, the, uh, second half of the season. And like Steve stone said, we're just going to just have to enjoy the ride. Absolutely. That's all we can do right now is enjoy the ride. Cause, uh, we're in it. And especially if Rakan doesn't make any moves, uh, that, yeah. uh, that something better happen. Do something, please. All right. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, and thank you to our live listeners and live viewers yep. here on YouTube. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you're notified when we go live, uh, for these episodes. Um, for everybody else, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. Uh, we'll be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you can listen to podcasts. So we're looking forward to having you guys uh, tune in to us uh, and interact with us twice a week. So everybody else, have a great night, and uh, we'll check in with you guys after the KC series. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.